Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans at the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. And now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. I've been feeling it since nineteen sixty-six. Welcome to the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by In We Go, the subscription that gets you in almost any event in Denver with promo code BSN50. I'm your host, AJ Hayfley. I am here after the first period of the Boston Bruins-Colorado Avalanche game. Um, Bruins have a 2-1 lead here at the intermission in what was a pretty exciting first period. Um, Colorado struck first when uh, they dumped the top line, dumped the puck in. Uh, Yaro Halak moved, uh, moved behind his net to... Uh, play the puck and move it around the boards. Miko Rantanen got in the way, intercepted it, made a great pass to Gabe Landeskog. And Landeskog was alone in the slot in front of the net, and he beat Yaro Halak with a great shot over the glove side. Uh, about 10 minutes into the period, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit less. Uh, regardless, it was about halfway through the period. Uh, the Avalanche had the one nothing lean. They were rocking and rolling, playing pretty well. Uh, from there, I would say Boston really started to tilt the ice a little bit. Um, they had hit the post a few minutes earlier uh, after uh, Pasternak rang one off the post after Landeskog had turned it over in front of his own net with a pretty horrific pass that I don't know how you try and explain away. Um, but didn't did not end up hurting them, obviously, as it hit that post. It was the first of three posts that Boston would hit in the period. Uh, the Avalanche uh, weren't really able to, to generate a whole lot uh, beyond that on offense as the rest of the period was mostly about Boston. Uh, Boston uh, got away with a high stick on uh, or I'm sorry a cross check on, uh, on, on Alex Kerfoot in front of the net and uh, Mark Barbario who slotted in for Patrick Nemeth tonight uh, responded with uh, a turnover <laughs> and, uh, and taking a penalty on the same shift. Uh, putting the Avalanche on uh, the game's first penalty kill. And uh, it was an interesting penalty kill. Boston, tons of pressure for just total shooting gallery as the Avalanche were back on their heels. And uh, the Bruins were not uh, shy about going after and attacking the lanes that Colorado was giving them. Uh, the Avalanche were a little bit scrambly, especially up top with the two forwards uh, as they were kind of chasing the puck around the perimeter. Uh didn't look didn't look very good, uh, and the key play came when uh, I'm not sure which Boston uh, I'm not sure which Boston defenseman it was. Um, 
think it was uh, Grizelchek uh, fanned on a on a shot from the point, and Carl Soderberg had turned his back to block the shot, and uh, uh, pucks kind of squirted away. And had had Soderberg not completely turned around, he would have seen that the puck was there for the taking. Uh, but because he had turned away uh, to shield his face from potentially getting hit in the face with a puck. Um, he uh, he was not able to get to the loose puck. Boston was able to recover it. Uh, and then just seconds later, uh, a, sh- uh, a shot pass found David Pasternak on the back door. Uh, and he deflected it into what, I mean, that's an empty net. Nothing, nothing Semyon Varlamov can do about that one. And uh, they had tied the game. Coming down and immediately off that faceoff, Colorado's top line tried to get that thing back. As they rolled down and uh, came up with a pretty, pretty interesting little scoring chance, but uh, ultimately nothing was doing, and uh, did not did not end up uh, generating anything. And then, as the period was winding down, uh, in the final minute, uh, Colorado's top line again out there, uh, once again Nathan McKinnon. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, a brutal. He was in the offensive zone. Um, it was just mis- miscommunication, and uh, he ended up passing the puck to absolutely nobody as there was nobody back. There were no blue liners that he was passing it to. He basically passed it to center ice, and the closest guy to the puck was Boston Bruins forward Jake DeBrusk, who picked it up, sped in on a breakaway completely by himself, uh, made a made a late commitment on the, on the forehand, and uh, was able to beat Semyon Varlamov on the blocker side to give Boston the 2-1 lead with 40 seconds remaining in the first period. That is where we stand uh, as of right now. That's, that's a brutal turnover by McKinnon there at the end of the period. Uh, I'm not sure what he's, I'm not sure what, what he's thinking. There's, there isn't a lot of upside in the play he's trying to make, and especially given that there was nobody there, and I don't know why he's not looking. Uh, it's the second one of those just brutal turnovers that's led to uh, a, I mean a, a killer goal against you know the difference between 1-1 and 2-1 going in the first period obviously is pretty significant you know sure they've the avalanche have 40 minutes to get it back and, and to tie the game and ultimately take the lead but uh, you can't just be giving teams goals like that I mean that's that's a, that's as free as free as ever going to get in the NHL and uh, just an unacceptable decision and play by McKinnon and I'm I'm not sure what he was thinking there. Uh, I'm sure if they if the Avs go on to lose this game, if we ask him about it av- afterwards, he will not give us much of an answer. He'll probably just give us a terse uh, response as as he tends to do after losses. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately, uh, that was a 20 minute period, and the Avalanche got outplayed in it. Uh, shots are 10 to seven. The advantage for Boston there. It was actually a pretty low event period until the last couple of minutes when uh, each team was able to uh, each team was able to generate some opportunities uh, in either direction, and it was it it was interesting, an interesting period. Uh, not not super high event, but the chances were good for both teams uh, at five v five in that period. Uh, it was seven to seven in uh, scoring chances. The Avalanche had a three to two advantage and high danger opportunities, and um, the teams combined for twenty five whole shot attempts at five v five in the period. So, uh, not uh, not a super high event period, but you got to you got you got to think that uh, the Avalanche need to be a little bit better about converting on some of the chances. Um, of note, Tyson Jost was flying around in the first period. Just a just an animal cruising around, uh, creating some opportunities and getting involved in as much as he could. Um, it was a pretty good pretty good shift for that whole line uh, altogether. Colin Wilson had a really good opportunity early on in the game um, to 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 score one, but his stick got taken away on the rebound, and um, it was really good defensive play uh, against him that really prevented that uh, that scoring opportunity in earnest. Um, but you know that that line altogether pretty dangerous. Um, they did a good job. Uh, Colorado's top line matched up against Boston's top line. The the, the main attraction of the night. Um, not uh, 
you know, Pasternak got the goal there. Colorado's top line got their goal. And uh, uh, McKinnon's turnover was uh, vital in the Bruins' second goal there. Um, I have to I have to say, though, old, overall, I like how the Avalanche played as a team up until maybe the last, obviously, the last minute when, uh, when you give up a goal, uh, last minute of a period, and especially a breakaway like that. I, I thought they did a good job throughout the first period. Uh, they, they created some good looks on offense. They weren't giving up uh, too much um, on, on defense. Um, but what they did give up was pretty good. Again, Boston hit three posts. Uh, you know, obviously, if you, if you just assume that all three of those are goals, this is, a, this is a 5-1 game after the first period. And, you know, we're having a very different conversation. But that's not the way the world works. And right now it still sits at 2-1. to one. Um, An interesting interesting period. You know, Mark Barbario slotting back in into the lineup. That's a pretty horrific first period for a guy that's uh, struggling to find playing time. You can't, uh, you can't make mistakes like that when you're trying to prove to coaches you should be in the lineup. Um, more regularly, that's a that's a really tough uh, tough way to go about it. Uh, so hopefully his game picks up in the second and third periods because <clears throat> you know his uh, his penalty there led to the power play goal against, which was kind of the turning of the tide in terms of momentum in that first. So uh, not great there. Uh, you might be able to hear in the background. Second period is getting ready to get underway. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, I will be back after the next period for segment number two here. Thank you guys for listening. It's the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free coors banquet at any bar on that list all you have to do is show the bartender the vip image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free coors banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network The Sportsbook Bar & Grill is owned by Denver natives who love Colorado sports. I'm a big sports guy. I love watching sports. I love people's reaction to sports when it's a high-stakes game. No matter what's going on in the world, it kind of unifies people, and everyone seems to be a friend, you know, when you're at a sports bar. So, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I want to get involved with the sports bar. That was John Porter, part owner of Sportsbook. Him and his team pride themselves in creating a great environment for you to enjoy your favorite sports with TVs in every direction you look and so much more. Something that makes Sportsbook unique is not just a sports bar. We also have a killer menu um, with a bunch of, we got pizza burgers and melts and the combination of the food with the experience of, of a Broncos game or an Avalanche game or a Rockies game and having all that stuff packed into one. I mean, no one wants to sit at home by themselves and watch a game. You want to be around friends or you want to make new friends. You want to be full while you do it. And you also would like to have a few drinks with it as well. So with all the beers we have on tap and the diversity of our menu, there's no better spot to watch sports. You feel like you're in your house with all of your friends with you. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by the Sportsbook Bar and Grill today. <laughs> oh my God. And welcome back in segment number two here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. I picked up a partner along the way here as Adrian Dater is joining me who watched the game from a different vantage point uh, in the Pepsi Center than I did tonight. So um, I left you guys off at the end of the first period. Uh, It is now post-game. A lot has happened since then. Uh, So AD, why don't don't, don't we just kind of work our way through that second period and and, um, talk about the, I guess we'll call it explosive third. Uh, because that was that was a hell of a third period, and but before we do that, we gotta we gotta get into what happened early on in the second when uh, Jake DeBrusque tipped Jake. home a David Pasternak slap shot from the blue line, made it three one, and kind of looked like the Avs might be on the verge of getting run out of their own building here by a Boston team that was all of a sudden buzzing. 
Yeah, I was I was more than a little concerned when that goal happened. I mean, Jake DeBrusque with his second of the night mm -hmm. came uh, came at the end of a power play that was started when Colin Wilson, who yeah, one of the guys who I didn't did not think had a good night tonight. Agreed. Really. Uh, Got one of my lowest grades. Hooking penalty. An uh, obvious hook, too. Yeah. Like, and, you know. But, uh, you know, the Bruins kind of eased up a little bit, eh? And, and then they took a penalty themselves, which uh, uh, David Pasternak, the uh, uh, Bruins superstar, took a hooking penalty himself. Kind of kind of gave the Avs the opening they, they, they were needing. Yeah. And... Miko Rantanen took advantage, blasted a shot underneath the armpit of Halak, yeah. made a 3-2. You, you had a feeling like it was going to be, you know, I had a feeling they were at least going to tie the game after that. I didn't realize it was going to be a 6-3 final. <laughs> right. Kind of shades of the Ottawa game. I was going to say, yeah. It was very Ottawa-ish. Bad start, couple, you know, bouncy goals, abs. Yeah. Turn the puck over. Down by two. You know, Max Gross turnover at the you know the first period. Second time in three games, he's just decided to sort of assist on a opposition goal. And uh, you know you're thinking, boy, you know here we go. But yep. uh, Bruins did take the penalty, kind of shot themselves in the foot, and the Avs just kind of kept it, kept it going. I thought uh, you know the loss of Chara hurt them after the first period for sure. I mean they only had five defensemen the rest of the way. The Avs did talk about that in the first intermission locker room they they basically said uh you know to paraphrase and cole we've got to just throw everything at the net and try to keep as much spend as much time in, in their end as possible now isn't that always the goal well it gets a little easier though when the team's minus a, a defenseman you know and when you're down a d-man if you can take advantage by just hemming him in more putting shots on net making a d turn all the time having to play the puck turning back yep. turning just wears him out as cole said you get gassed i wrote about it in the uh, in the grades with a guy like matt nieto whose speed just it taxes him every single shift it was no easy shifts against the avalanche from about halfway through the second period on tonight they just kept coming at boston in waves and waves and this is a team that Already is missing Charlie McAvoy. Did not have Brandon Carlo tonight. Mm, Lost to Dano Chara. I mean, this was this is yeah. this is like the C squad of, of yeah. the Boston defense. So while the Avs before the great win, you know, before you pat yourself on the back too much, the Bruins were missing really three key guys on for D. sure. But the Avs did what they had to do. They took advantage. Right. You know, the Avs are missing some, I think, key guys too. So yeah, you can play I mean, that JT, game. JT Converse undoubtedly an important guy for them. Absolutely. For a team that's got questions about secondary scoring. Absolutely. A guy, with, a guy who started the season with four points in five games. And he matters. It seemed like things are on the upswing today. You know, he was at the morning skate skating regular drills with guys. Granted, he still had the pumpkin jersey on, but he yeah. he seemed in good spirits. He was yeah. laughing. He was twirling around. He was doing hard hockey drills. So good. You know, Bednar said that uh, you know if, if things go as planned, he's going to be on the road trip. Sort of doubt he's going to be ready for go that first game, but you know he's not going to play against Washington. But you know maybe he sheds the non-contact jersey. Tomorrow practice. Who knows? You know, it yeah. could be. Maybe. Well, I, I tell you, if they have Andrew Ghetto and Comfort back on that road trip, well, Andrew Ghetto seems like he's there already. I, well, they we just saw him post game precaution, walking around and uh, walked by us. And yep, had a sharp full, as always. Full contact jersey on today. You know, was yep. was a we were able to talk to him, which is always a good sign that yep. you know the Avs think he's maybe it was just a you know it was a coach's decision tonight why he didn't really play. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I mean. So that's good news. Uh, you know, absolutely what they had to do. Took advantage of a situation yep. where they were, you know, a team was hurt. Get They just lose their inspirational captain. Char is still the captain, right? Is, or is it still, still or is it Bergeron? I forget. Wasn't Bergeron? Did they switch? You know, I honestly don't know the I answer I can't remember that, that either. I wish yeah. uh, I could take the time to look it up. It's Char. Char is still the captain. Thank you from my friend Steve Conroy down there, Boston Herald. Thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah, Chara, they lose him. I mean, that's that's it's always a blow to any team, but particularly yeah. Boston, the guy who's been playing there for whatever, how many years now? Fifteen. Yeah. Uh, so, Jesus. so they took advantage. Uh, kind of thought that the, you know, uh, boy, you know, 
McKinnon, great shot there on the game winner. I mean, right? Yeah. Just snapped that wrister off. Miko Rantanen tonight was the, the man, of course. He's sick. I, mean, he I really wish, is getting I, wish sick. I could have given him higher than an A+. Plus. He really is. He's really having a great season, isn't Dude, he? He looks I – mean, I mean, we, we – I don't know. I don't know what more I could say. I, so I was sitting here next to uh, some of the the Boston scratches and personnel and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is you know who sits who sit up here next mm-hmm. to us all the time? And on that game winning goal, you know, Ranton had made the nice move out of the defensive zone through the uh, right. through the neutral zone, and That's then right. dumped it off to McKinnon who scored. And that was a the Boston play. guys just sitting next to me. One of them just looked over and he just said, "Holy shit." Mm-hmm. So, Randon ha- was tied for the league lead tonight. So, he has 29 points now, right? Yeah. So, he's he's back in the league lead. Connor McDavid was touched. Jeez. Connor McDavid just he just comes out of nowhere, doesn't he? He's, just, he's got to lead the league in scoring and eventually. I don't know if Miko can outdo Connor. But, uh, yeah, Con- uh, so, Randon's got 29 points now. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, man, we were talking about it yesterday in the, or two days ago on the pod, but, I mean – Hundred points is, you know, really what you kind of ex- expect now. I mean, I based on the pace. I mean, we talked about going to have a lull, I'm sure, but geez. I mean, we we talked about him repeating eighty points, but I mean, he has to have a serious I mean, drought he's for him nearly to halfway there. Yeah, right, right. Like, I mean, he's <laughs> it's November <laughs> and he's at twenty nine points. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're not even at Thanksgiving. The Avs haven't had a leading scorer, I don't think, since Peter Forsberg. Uh, 2002-03. Yeah, that, uh, the year he won all the, the Hart all Trophy, the, the Hart Ross. Yeah. Won it on the last day of the year, remember, against St. Louis, <laughs> and then beat out uh, Marcus Naslin by, like, one point. Um, yeah. Naslin. I mean, it's weird to think the Avs actually have a, a lead, leading scorer now. You know, I mean, two years ago. I mean, they, they almost had one last year. Two years ago. I know. I know. Yeah, two but, years ago, they scored 166 goals as a team. God. Two years ago, they had what? Yeah, 166 as a team. In Man. 82 games. Oh. Yikes. God, you think back to two years ago, no, it doesn't just seem like, I think we've all really blocked it out of our memories in a way. Like I certainly haven't. Every time oh. every time they blow a third period lead, oh. I get PTSD walking down that hallway. Oh, yeah. Well, those days are over, man. Uh, you know, um, you yeah. know. So yeah, the second period was you know they they were uh, you know let's see um, they were, they were still down three two though I mean yeah they were it, and it was not like the second period was all aces you know it was it was a three two game yeah and I was thinking you know well, let's just try to get a point you know seven to four in shots so it wasn't exactly yeah. a high event period uh, uh, but. Who got the uh, – yeah, Matt Calvert scored that tying one, right? So that was big. Matt Calvert uh, got the goal to make it 3-3, right? Uh, yeah. He was – He was. Dry's got an assist on it. Yeah, at the, it's uh, kind of a lucky goal. but uh, his Oh, hard without work, a doubt. His hard work you know, helped. Uh, it would be much easier if he would just beat the goaltender straight up yeah. instead of all the nonsense. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Miko and Mac make the play that – was sort of the backbreaker for Boston. You yep. can see their sag a little bit. And uh, then PP two got got yeah. filthy at the end of the PP2 game. PP two gets uh, gets two know. goals there in the last couple yep. minutes. Uh, Nikita Zadorov didn't play in the third period at all. Only played seven minutes tonight. Yeah, uh, let's let me see. We're we're let's seven see where we're minutes of ice time the whole game. Yeah, we've got time this segment. Let's let's touch. Oh, it. we're doing three was, segments. All right. Was this was this an overreaction? I don't know. Was benching him and over? Did you see the penalty? I mean, it worked. Well, well, what were your thoughts on the penalty? I should say. Um, you know, typical Z penalty, uh, right? Uh, it was interference. They they were battling along the wall. Yeah. The battle kind of proceeded into the center of the ice. Z ended up dumping <laughs> the guy on the ice. Got called for interference. Yeah, and that was the end I of mean, his it night. wasn't a great. It's not a great call, probably. But it's 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 one thing. Z's just you know he's gonna get called on a yeah. I don't know. I, I think it was a little harsh not playing him at all in the third, but I agree. Um, you know, especially when you're up five three, can't you yeah. give the guy a little something I mean, to feel good about? Talk about the advantage of having five defensemen. They did it to themselves. I know. Well, that's I know that's all the ass played with in the third period too. Uh, I I don't know what to make of Z up and down. You know, he, I can't. 
you know, I don't think I'm a. I mean, he just something's been missing. I don't yeah. know what to put my finger on. Just something's been missing yeah, this year. A seven-minute benching, though. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. How many? I mean, is this is this always going to be the key to the door of it, or is the coaching staff always going to have to send him messages every few games? Well, maybe. You know, he's uh, still a pretty young kid, but. I don't know. We're talking 250 or, NHL games you know, under his belt Kim, now. We're going to have more podcasts about him in the future, but you know, <laughs> do you re, he's, he's still going to be RFA after this contract. Yeah. But he'll have our, our arbitration rights. Um, he's going to want four at least on his next deal. Oh, look, um, man. Yeah, so, <coughs> you know, do you package him in a deal, try to get a Nylander? That's, I mean, I've I've said Barry repeatedly that. Gary and Z for Nylander? What do you I'd, think? I've I've said that if the Avs were ever going to be involved in Nylander, it would have to be, it would have to start with Zadorov because that makes more sense than Barry. Well. But Zadorov's, I mean, nowhere in, in that class of player right now. Yeah. I don't so, know. I don't want to get into I mean, Nylander, yeah, really. I, this is, I don't, I, you it's know. It's not a productive conversation. Deadline's coming, but, uh, yeah, so. You know, good win, but uh, now on to Washington. Gonna, Grubauer should be in that. Talked to him this morning. He's, yeah. You know, he's trying to be philosophical about it. He's, uh, you know, didn't seem overly bothered, the fact that he hasn't been playing. Well, but he had an opportunity to take the job, and he gave up seven <laughs> yeah, goals in Vancouver. So I think uh, <laughs> so I think we will see him, though, Friday night, and uh should be a very interesting night. Capitals are coming off a loss. Uh, to was that tonight? They lost to uh, uh, God damn it! Who the hell did they lose to? Winnipeg. Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg beat them tonight. Yep. Uh, definitely. You know, we'll talk about that next Friday's podcast. But uh, I, I think uh, you know, this is a big win in the sense that you know they came off that road trip, they got the, that mm-hmm. win in Edmonton, and they didn't come back home and stumble like they often do. Mm-hmm. You know that old cliche about the first game after a road trip. They they struggled at times tonight. Played a very you know good team. Yeah, Boston's good, man. But by the end they were they were clearly skating heads and tails over them. So did what they had to do, just like they did against Edmonton. Had to had to string a couple together here again, and uh, they've done it. So just their seventh home game. They're now four two and one at home. Yep, yep. Uh, after being twenty eight eleven and two last year at home. So a loss tonight would have put them at 500. It's not 500 anymore. Yeah. Got to yeah. keep stringing them together, though. You know, if you lose this game to Washington, then you're going on the road and you're feeling kind of dumpy again. So it's not, ain't, ain't easy in this league. All right. Well, let's, let's take a break, and then we'll come back on the other side, and uh, we will wrap this one up, take a quick look ahead at that Washington game, and then uh, we'll get out of here for the night. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. We'll be right back. This episode on the BSN Podcast Network is brought to you by Total Beverage. With more than 70,000 square feet between their Westminster and Thornton locations, there's literally no drink you can't find. I love Total Beverage. I go there probably once a week. That's BSN Sales Director Lindsay Sauer. She's a regular at Total Beverage. I know when I go in there that I am going to get uh, the best bang for my buck, hands down. And if you can't make it in the store, don't worry. Just go to totalbeverage.net and place an order online. I have also taken advantage of their delivery service. They always give me, um, you know, an hour window. I don't have to wait around all night or all day. And make sure to like the Total Beverage Facebook page to see weekly specials. Remember, for wine, beer, spirits, go to Total Beverage. Welcome back in. Third and final segment here. I am AJ. He is Adrian. We are us. We are us. We are recapping um, Colorado 6-3 win over Boston. AD, look, you mentioned at the end of that last segment there, you know, they came home, they had a good win against Edmonton, played a good game, beat a not very good team, come home, start off slow, but get the win here at home against Boston. Washington's coming up. That's that's kind of a, you know, who knows how that game goes. Yeah. It's a, I mean, Washington's really good, but yeah. Colorado's good at home. And and those teams just seem to trade beatings every year. Yeah. Um depending on who's the home team. Um 
how 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 important was tonight? I mean, you know, it's it's a game in November, and so you keep that in mind. But this is a team that had they lost, it would have been you know you lose five in a row, and then you well, finally get off the Schneid, and then you you go back right back to losing. That's six of seven. Yeah, they would have been uh, one five and one in their last seven if they'd lost tonight. Not that two and five is all of a sudden. Not that it isn't, but now you can flip it and say, we've won two in a row. I mean, you can always – but no, the loss tonight would have just sort of continued a trend that would have made the Edmonton game look like an aberration, and you never want that. I I just think it's always important to come home and get a win uh, Mm -hmm. and not have any excuses, but just do what you have to do, take care of business at home. Especially because – Road wins are hard enough. They have another three-game road trip coming up starting this weekend. Against warm-weather teams that historically don't play very well against. Mm-hmm. Don't want to go into places like L.A. and Anaheim where you're kind of, uh, you know, not sure how you're playing and yeah. let some external things kind of get you there. You know, it's For sometimes sure. it's hard to win there because players are always kind of, you know, I think they definitely <laughs> – I mean, they, players generally seem to relax a little more in West Coast games. I don't know why it is, maybe, it's, but it could be the weather, and it's possible that that's all it is. You know, they just have more of a relaxed attitude. It's harder to come to rink and play that hockey that I think when they go back east, everybody's ex- sort of excited to play in back in front of east and, and Canadian teams especially. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. the fact they never win on California. I mean, they, I mean they, they have struggled in California for many, many years. <sighs> Even in the glory days, they had trouble there. I mean, still remember times where we, but we'd be. You know, now we're looking at Anaheim just got blown out. They're not very good this year. L.A. is yeah, at the bottom of the NHL. Hanging around Anaheim, you know. I don't want to, you know, I don't ever like playing in that place because they always muck it up. They're going to try and muck Colorado yeah, of up. Co- of gonna, course. They're going to hook and grab and hit the top line and be dirty against them. Yeah. They're so, going to do what they do. Same as L.A. That's what they're going to do, too. And so, uh, it's going to piss us off. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair um, enough. You know, Anaheim, look at them. They're still 8-9-3. and three. I mean, they've, they're, they've got two points less than Colorado. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're always hanging around. Won't be an easy game. That LA game now on the other hand, maybe they can beat that team. Well, and then for a and then Arizona, who everybody keeps talking like Arizona's arrived, and they're last I checked sixth in the Pacific. Well, but they're eight eight and one after a so, really horrendous start. Like so, they're they're playing better. Neat, yeah. but they're eight eight and one. But they've scored more goals than they've allowed. You know, they're, that's well, not going to be. What's their goal either. differential? Is it like plus one or two? Plus one. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, it's something. Better than it was. Uh, I've, I mean, but that's now I mean, the focus is on Washington, though, and that if you can get that win on the road, feeling real good about yourself. Yeah. Now the question is, in my mind, does that make them let up? Is well, if they game, if if they, they get end? that win in, against Washington, you have to be thinking, okay, they can really get the ball rolling with three very winnable games against teams that look. If if you're serious about. Yeah. Not only making the playoffs, but maybe winning a round, which is kind of the talk around Colorado. That's that's kind of their mm-hmm. aspirations this year. You got to do well on that road trip. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not to get, obviously, too far ahead. Washington is in two days. But I think the win tonight, to get it back to tonight, and, and why I think this was important, I think it, it, it gets the ball rolling in the right direction for them. And they start to feel good about themselves again. And this that's one of those things about a young team is that they get they get they feel good about themselves, they feel bad about themselves. They ride that wave a little bit. And when they're feeling really good, and especially when they're at home, this is a this is a a tough group to handle. Yeah. Yeah, they're tough to play at home. Because they they skate you and they're they're fast and uh I hope they go out and just smoke Washington. I mean, I feel like this game is one of the could be one of those nights where they just go out and smoke them, you know. I mean, they're in Washington. Six, six is to three, definitely going to be a one-year wonder as a cup team. I think. Oh, I think so too. I mean, they're good still, but they're they're not going to be a winner again. I, I, I that hope desperation the Avs, will never be there again. I just hope the Avs can come out and really smoke and play well for Grooby, 
Now, hopefully, Gruby has some good money on the he board that night. He needs to play well, too. Well, yeah. He's got a lot of pressure on him in this game. Yeah. We've seen before how, you know, I don't think Varley's ever played all that great against Washington, uh, against that team. Probably have to look it up. But I seem to them recall them, him him getting beat a few times. I'm curious. I think they won without him last year. Was it Bernier who was in the net for that game they won? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, Grubauer was. Grubauer was in the game where Colorado <laughs> lit up the Caps at home. Have you seen Hockey References new tool, by the way? The goal finder? Yeah, the goal oh, finder. Oh, is that thing Fans amazing? listening to this podcast, hockey fans, go to hockeyreference.com. They have a tool now where you can look up. Let's say I want to know, like, Dan Hynot's career goals, right? Just say Dan Hynot and the goal finder, and he'll bring up every single goal he scored, what game it happened, what night, against which goalie, Box score of the whole game. It's phenomenal. Bravo sure. to Hockey Reference. Have, uh, fans should go check it out for sure. That's one That's one great new tool that we have. Uh, Cap Friendly also came out with something new today. Uh, GMs. Oh, yeah, GM history. All the history of GM trades. Their whole history. Yeah. Any GM plug their name in and brings up all their trades that they've ever done. Thank you, Cap Friendly. Yeah. Thank you, Cap Friendly. Thank you guys for making being a hockey nerd incredibly Thank you for accessible. making my job easier, <laughs> and yet you, I don't give you any money for it. But <laughs> I, well, hope, I, I don't know how so to get to, to get to this, just because I was curious, yeah. uh, Semyon Varlamov against Washington in his career, seven games played, three wins, four losses, hmm. 937 save percentage, hmm. 2.31 goals against average, hmm. and my favorite stat, two penalty minutes. Okay, so he's played well, but he hasn't been rewarded. Yeah. That's kind of how I seem to have thought it in my mind originally. Well, uh, yeah, Gruby's, Gruby is, from all what I've gathered today, going to get that start. So big night for him, big, big night. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's going to be a rocking Friday night at the Pepsi Center. You know, Caps are obviously mm-hmm. – Stanley Cup team. There's going to be a lot of Washington transplants. Yeah, there are a lot of Boston fans here. A lot of Boston. I know. I was surprised. I don't think Bruins fans usually travel so well usually, but there were tonight. Yeah, I don't remember Boston fans being as loud uh, in recent years as they were tonight. Well, you know, uh, I used to be one of those guys. I mean, not that uh, it mattered. Made no difference. Or chanting Yankees suck at the end of the game. Can I I just say that one of my favorite things that they've started doing at Avs games yeah. is when the Avs are up by two or three goals in the final, like, two minutes of a the game, they show the opposing team's fans leaving oh, with yeah. a couple minutes left to oh, play. That's good. I think it's I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I like that, too. Just one of, those, one of those little things that just kind of makes you feel like you're in your home arena. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know. I like Col- the shade. Colorado is just the place where a lot of people move to live, and yeah. that's just what we're going to have to put up with. Great um, place to live. Now, Hawks fans, on the other hand, hopefully we'll see a few less of them this year. Now that where the bandwagon is definitely a little lighter. Well, do you remember it last year? Do you remember that last uh, oh, the yeah. last time Chicago was here? Silence. And there was there was almost none. Wow. Like Ch- Chicago had fallen out of the out of yeah, the playoff race. No, they were still. And it was like nowhere near what it had been yeah. in the previous years. God, I hated that. It was. Red Wing honestly, fans. Honestly, it was obviously. so delightful. Yeah. And you wonder why Avalanche fans can't travel more. You know. I was telling somebody the other day, I think the most I ever see any Avs fans is in Canada. And maybe that has to do with the old Nordiques thing. I mean, maybe. Because I, you know, I always, I never see, you know, a ton of, you always see some sprinkled everywhere, of course. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And more with their own fans now. And uh, that's all obviously a good thing. And uh, um, so, geez, we got a few questions too. Do you want to get a couple questions from our podcast that we've started to do? Do you want to, uh, uh, well? Because we want to throw it out to you fans you now. Know, you're throwing me this curveball, so I'm going to have to go look them up real quick. Oh, yeah, right. No, I fine. got it. No, I, I mean, it. we want to make sure the fans, uh, you know, now that we we still don't have the hotline back up yet. I mean, so, it's it's up. You can still call it. We're just not actively. We're just having, all right, we're not we're not actively using it because we usually get overwhelmed by it. Um, it's true. We want to have your questions on the comment section of these podcast posts. So we did have some from uh, from our last uh, podcast. Our last couple podcasts. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read them right here, AJ. And let's finish up the podcast by by acknowledging our faithful with some uh, some answers. How's that? Okay. Uh, hold hold on as I call them up. Uh, I've got them. Uh, let me 
Let me ask him, though. Uh, let's see. This is a long question here. Uh, you know what? I don't really understand this question. Uh, the one about the Cronkies? Yeah. Um, this has to do about TVs and... Oh, it's the uh, that area over there, the owner's suite. Yeah. That nobody uses. Uh, yeah. But I don't really understand. We're going to... Let's see. That's a to-be-determined one. Hold on here. We'll get back to you on that. Okay. From Shamrock Power 76 asks us, Gentlemen, Connor Timmons hasn't come up in a while. He went home. Supposedly he'd recharge. Is he in danger of entering Joe Houston territory? How much of a setback is it for him to lose the past six months okay. of a development? For, first yes. off, he went home, and he came back less yep. than a week later. Yeah. He's in Denver. But He's been in Denver. Where is he in Denver? Is he, we haven't seen him skating. Right. I mean, his gear is here. In right, this so building, we don't. The answer is we don't know where what he's doing right now. I tried to talk to the agent that couldn't didn't call me back. Um, the Avalanche are just saying that he's not. You know, no, no update. No update. Uh, it's a mystery, folks. He's not skating though, apparently, and he's not. Uh, is not anywhere near playing hockey. Look, is he in danger of Joey Tishon Terry? Who am I to say you no? Know? I mean, I don't me, know. Let me just clarify something real quick here. The Avs are being extremely cautious with this situation. I would say potentially even overly so. Um, the, the the conversations that I've had about the situation, they're just making sure everything is okay. They're also behind the scenes. He's also doing some of the summer training he did not get to do when he couldn't work out at all. Yeah, but he's, so you know, how long is there are I mean, there are some positives here, but mostly negatives going to be you know stunted correct losing six months of your development time a year of your development you can't ever oh, get that back God. no denying that um but for right now it's just wait and see you don't you don't know how much of an impact this is going to have on a player until he comes back yeah, no idea. if he comes back Concussions so are black I, box, I, I would folks. say stop with the joey hishan stuff i understand yeah. abs fans have been burned but Joey Hishin was a completely different player when he came back. And, from and Joey Hishin was never going to be a very good player at this okay. level because he was too small. I'm not getting into that because Joey Hishin was a completely Joey Hishin was a completely different player when he came back. One of the things that made Joey Hishin really dynamic in the OHL, he was really aggressive. He overcame his size with a certain mentality that did not exist post concussion. He played a very soft perimeter oriented game after the concussion. That changed who he was. He could not succeed in the NHL playing the way that he was post-concussion. Pre-concussion, okay. we will never know. Was it was it unlikely that he was ever going to become a big star or anything like that? Sure. But we'll okay. never know just because he was a completely different player. With Connor Timmons, he hasn't come back yet. We don't know yet. So, we okay. don't know. Okay, from BJ Jones 05, a question for us. Uh, do you think the Avs would ever consider Matt Zuccarello as a viable trade pickup? He's a dynamic player in my mind. So this is one of those good questions that confuses me because mm-hmm. do you remember do you, Avs fans? Do you remember? Do you remember on free agency day when the Avs signed Ian Cole and Matt Calvert and people got mad? Yep. Why? Why all of a sudden are would the Avs be interested in a thirty-year-old winger who's yeah. do you expect to be in decline? I like him, but I now, can't see then, him then being like the answer to much of anything here, except for being just another sort of talented small guy, which they already have. Yeah, like Matt's, Matt costs a lot of money. Matt Zuccarello is a good NHL player, yeah. But Matt Zuccarello is a, a team that is trying to go for it right now. Is the kind of team that should be investing in Matt Zuccarello. Colorado was still wait and see. Let's develop our own guys first. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> From Dem Dirty Blues, is Milan Hayduk a Hall of Famer? Both. Uh, no. I actually answered that, I think, and it didn't come through on my system. Uh, as much as I love Hedgie, I think the answer is just no. I think he just falls short. Hall of very good. Seventy-five goals. Hall of very good, yes. Hall of very good. He was a very good international just player. didn't quite have that extra gear. He probably needed, needed to get to 400 goals. Well, and he probably needed four or five more years of really good productivity. Yeah, he needed. Um, yeah, he just needed um, a little more. It was you just. Know, it was too abrupt. Great of an player. End. Won the Rocket Richard Trophy. What? What? You know, 
great, great career, but Hall of Famer, the numbers just aren't quite there. And yet there's some, you know, you look, there's some guys who have made it that I could argue that Haiti sort of could belong there, but I think he Haiti's going to get screwed based on also the teams he played on. And people are going to say, well, Peter Forsberg, Joe Saka, um, you know, just unfortunately just a little short. Yeah, I think if you open it up to a guy like Haiti, you have to open it up to a guy like Tangay. And I just mm. don't think that those guys had those kinds of yeah. careers. Um, from Hubie90, uh, is there a special reason why young players do not go to Europe during or before after their draft year more often? It always seems strange to me while these young guys don't do what Matthews did with the Z- Zurich Lions. I mean, they get to play with grown men, play at least 50 games, and they make some money. Is it all about ho- If it's all about hockey and they won't go to college, I don't see much of a downside. It prepares them much better for what's to come in the AHL, AHL than against 16-year-old boys. Or am I completely wrong on this? Yes. <laughs> the uh, the Austin Matthews thing was because uh, it was a late birthday. It was exactly he was four days removed from yeah. being a 2015 uh, draft he pick. Been in the NHL. He he. It's a very rare situation. For and and the other thing is, Austin Matthews is a big guy. Austin Matthews Austin Austin Matthews yeah. is what six two six three. He is big. He can he could go and physically if if this was the conversation we had with Jack Hughes this year. What's Jack Hughes going to do because he's already destroyed the USHL for the. Uh, United States National mm-hmm. Development Team program. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does he do this year? He chose to go back, which I think is going to cost him being drafted first overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does he do? He could have been a guy that might have gone over to Europe. But again, you're talking about a really small guy. Um, and if he goes over and plays a year in Europe, just using the Hughes example, gets beat up, mm-hmm. his draft stock takes a huge hit. Yeah, And you're talking – and. It prepares them much better for what's to come in the AHL and NHL than playing against 16-year-old boys. A lot of these guys are 16 years old themselves, 16, 17, 18 year. I mean, you're talking, you're talking. It just it you, mm-hmm. you play against your own age group for a reason, and it's only exceptional cases that you could have the conversation. Otherwise, with Matthews, it was kind of the perfect confluence of events that lined up that resulted in him going over to Europe. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often. I do think moving moving down the road, it should be an option some of these guys consider. Hughes would have been a perfect candidate for it. He chose not to. I think he'll end up regretting that. Okay, one more question from uh, Max Prime, 867, a diehard BSN and Avalanche fan from Whitehorse. Uh, Yucatan, is it? No, U- YT. Is that the territories? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the territories. I forget what, what the Y's for. Um, what impact does the looming Seattle expansion have on the Avs' upcoming contract negotiations, if any? Is Mark Stone a reali- realistic forward UFA target for the Avs next offseason, or are they focusing on continuing to develop in-house, which takes time? The current and upcoming kids, Joe's Ker- Kerfoot, Comfort, Bowers, Kout, they're banking on these kids to take over the top six, but would it be worth looking closer to bring in a high-caliber guy like Mark Stone? Yeah. Yeah. I think in the summer, um, you know, Jeff Skinner, Artemi Panarin, Mark Stone are all going to be UFAs. Boy, Jeff Skinner is available. Woo. God. I mean, all three of those guys oh, that I just I'd named are. after Jeff Skinner. Those are all great players. I'd lust after Jeff Skinner. I really like Jeff Skinner. I didn't realize he was so big. Yeah. I didn't realize he was so big. I thought he was a small little dude. Landy, Landy's BFF, too. Did he too. grow? Holy smokes, is he good. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And... I would, I would absolutely, if the Avs, the Avs should absolutely be in the market for one of those guys this summer. I would just say one of those guys. Yeah, not two, Boy. three, four. You know, would you take Stone or Skinner? Oh, you know, I would probably say Stone because he's right wing versus mm. Skinner's left wing. Mm. But um, oh, I love Skinner. Well, and and Stone is really good defensively too. Yeah. Oh, that matters. And that's too. that matters. And that's one of those things, you know. And then your right wing depth is then Miko Ranton and Mark Stone and Martin Kaut. Yeah, I'd love to see the app get one of those guys to, to just buy it, and they'll have so much cap room. They'll have a very viable team that teams free agents will want to play for. Yeah. So this this well, is the, mo- the time to go get a UFA at this. McKinnon has also said this is the summer he's going to start recruiting. Oh, did he? When so, did he say that? One of the eight thousand interviews he gave at the beginning of the year. Huh. I didn't um, so this is this is the year that the the Avs are getting through this year, which is why I say don't trade for anybody. They're going to get through this year, see what they have, 
You know, cause, well, yeah, because I mean, hey, you don't need to go out and go crazy. But, but they're gonna have to make a decision about Varley. Well, yeah. Like, do you trade him at the deadline? I would. I've Ooh. said I've said that all along. Oh, we'll save that for another podcast. Uh, Definitely. Oh, we'll, that's a great podcast topic. I can just hear the but. but uh, the, to answer the original question, <laughs> yeah. the, the Seattle expansion is going to have an impact um, primarily on, I think, the defense because mm-hmm. the Avs have to make a decision about who they want to prioritize. If they sign Tyson Berry and they want to bring him back, then they're putting themselves at risk of losing a Nikita Zadorov in the expansion draft. You know, that's yep. that's the that's that's what they're facing right now. Yep. And so they're gonna have to make some decisions. That's another reason why the trading Barry next summer makes the most sense, especially if you do it for a forward, that you can just pr- you protect that forward, you protect all the guys you want on defense, and you're fine. Then you end up exposing Ian Cole, you don't feel bad about that, you move on. Next summer, Wilson, Bork, Nemeth, they're all gone. Right? I would yep, I would let all those guys go. They're gone, they're UFA, they're gone. Yep. I would let all of them go. Um, so yeah, they're gonna make some moves uh, for sure. Uh, that's. I want to thank the listeners. We we are uh, we want your questions though. Keep keep throwing those questions at us in the comments section at the end of the, you know, uh, at the in the comments section in the podcast posts. Basically, you know, click on the podcast itself. Leave us a question under. The current podcast, so we can get to it on the next podcast or the one after, just like we did tonight. Just name, question. We're gonna read them here on the air, and uh, you get to be famous. So, uh, AJ, I think that uh, wraps up our one millionth Avalanche BSN Avalanche podcast. We, I think we did hit the million mark tonight. So, congrats to us. It feels like it. <laughs> Seems like we've done a quadrillion podcasts, but that's 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 why we love to do them though. And uh, so. Good win tonight. On to Friday. You yeah. were about to say something? No, we're fine. You were s- something. <laughs> sometimes. You to say something. You were like s- Yes, sometimes Sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I, I, I'm, I've been having dreams about the podcast equipment. Dude, I took a nap today, and, and I woke up. At, the clock said 5.30. This is after I'd done my morning skate stuff, so I yeah. you know, could take a little nap. It said 5.30. I swear to God, I thought it was 5.30 in the morning. That I overslept the entire game. And I must have, I was like, oh, God, oh, I'm going to have so a million funny. texts right now. Oh, I swear God. to God, I had no idea what day it was. Either. Uh, it was one of those deep, dark naps where yeah, you wake up the, and go, God, those are the best. It's 5.30. I go, oh, my God, what happened to the game? I missed, I missed it. Oh, no, it's 5.30 in the morning. No, it's 5.30 That's so at funny. night. It was so weird. Those are the best naps, by the way. Yes. All right, let's go ahead and jump out of here. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. It's the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. We will see you on Friday.